0: Because the response of the king should theoretically, based on the altar of his mimer, be in Tishrei. So the first thing the Rabbi said was the, the dagesh, the emphasis of the whole notion of the response of the king is that this response is to kulam. Meqabal es kulam the upon And what does it mean kulam? Even those people who might have a desire to do tshuva but haven't yet acted upon that desire even they, that desire is accepted graciously by the king, which later on we understand means gives the king a certain level of tainuk that in turn arouses in the Jew a greater koyach and a greater desire to overcome the obstacles and he can be successful at something which he might not necessarily be successful at during the course of the year. Then the Rebbe adds, what's mare upon him, sheikha kais, kais, The tainuk bilti murkav. That the first response of the king is the, the pleasure he gets from, from our desire to do tshuva. The, that triggers in the king his essential pleasure in the very existence of the Jew. That arouses in the Jew, the Rebbe says, an appreciation of the fact that it's his essential pleasure Pleasure is elokus And that's el. And based on that, the Rebbe asks a, qu- a new question, in esvav. If that's the case, so then there seems to be a great hiserus from above, a great arousal from above, as opposed to simply an asinus kayach. It's true, there's an asinus kayach, and, and it's true that we have to start the process to the extent that we at least have to have a desire to do chuva, but, but the, uh, uh, the, the success of our Veda is based, it seems, more on the Hisarus his arus from above than simply our own Aveda. So it, it, it's very Tishrei-like in, in that sense. And that was the question the Rebbe began in Oizvav. Well, that it seems to be Hisarus. That's the first paragraph. The last thing we saw was, the Rebbe says, in addition, you can ask the question even more powerfully, the very, the very Marshall of the Melech Basad there, I mean if the king is in the field that arouses in the people a desire to go see the king it's just the nature of the relationship between the people and the king so the whole idea of the king in the field being a muscle for the notion of an kayach and not an arousal that's not true Rebbe says king in the field, what do I want to do as soon as I hear the king is in the field I want to go see the king in the field isn't that what I want to do Third paragraph, on, well, fourth paragraph, but third paragraph in Oysavav on page Shin Samuchvav. One could explain. The desire of the people, the desire of the people to go see the king, it's not like a traffic accident. It's not that the people are going to see the king because there's something interesting outside of the window. They heard the, they heard the screech and the crash. Something much deeper than that. Who mitzius? It's an expression of the essence of their being. To cave in shamelech hu aleiv shol kolam. That since the king is the heart of the people, the Reb is quoting the Rambam. Lochein, therefore, his kasherusam l'hamelech hu betza mitzius. Their connection to the king is an expression of the essence of their being. Ella, but that's not always in a state of revelation. Meaning, who are these people really? Even a fleshly king, and this is something that we have a very hard time understanding because we don't know what a, what a fleshly king is. And so it's a mushal that's very hard for us to appreciate. A, a chosid can have a little more of an appreciation if he uh, if he has some appreciation of his, of his relationship with his rabbit. But it, 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 a, a king is a king, and what does that mean? On an American passport it says, the Secretary of State of the United States asks you, or we know, I don't I don't know the exact language, right, but, but uh, asks you to please allow our citizen passage into your country, blah, 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 blah. That's what it says. Now, I don't know whether it's still there, it's funny because I could have had it in my pocket because I have my Israeli passport in my pocket, I don't know what it says, but um, I assume it's a, the minister, here. The Minister of the Interior of the State of Israel here, requests all those who are to allow the bearer of this passport pass freely without lead or hindrance and to afford him such as, and protection as may be necessary. Okay. It doesn't say citizen, the bearer of this passport. I think the American one says citizen. I think, not sure. I what does a British passport say? And as far as I mean, the last time I read my Canadian passport, this is what it says. I can't say I read the front of it very often. I'm not that bored on planes. But what, uh, what, what does it say? And her the Majesty queen. the Queen asks that you allow her subject passage into blah, 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 blah. Because that's what it means to have a king and a queen. You're the subject of the king. That's who you are. Right. Now, that's, you know, people laughed when I said that. They find that laughable. Well, no, but that's reality in a king. That—that's the problem, right? Is that we, we have a hard time understanding that, which also affects our relationship with the to a certain degree, right? Because we just, you know, I mean, subject, yes, <laughs> exactly. That's the relationship. Right? I don't have a vote, which is hard to tell someone. And the the so there's the notion of being the subject. There's also the notion of the etzimetsius of that person being defined by the king. Who is he? It's the subject of the king. That's who he is. Right? Uh, we see it in Khumish in, in a in a in a, on a spiritual level that the that the whole story of Eliezer going to find the shidduch for Rivka and for for Yitzhak and Rivka, I mean finding Rivka for Yitzchak, in the course of the Shlichus it's very interesting at no point at no point at no point is, is uh, Eliezer referred to by his name in the story before the story he's called Eliezer after the story he's called Eliezer during the story he refers to himself as what does he say? Eved Avramanechi. that's what he says right? That the Chumash calls him HaEved the Eved said. The Eved said. The Eved said. The Eved said. All right. That's fascinating. He has no Mitzias himself. Now, the, the, if you if you want to understand that on a deeper level, do yourself a favor. A big favor might be the greatest one of the greatest favors you've ever done for yourself. Read, not just read, learn, learn the Rebbe's sechah Parshas Chayes Sara nun Base, 1992. Learn the Rebbe's sichah on that story, and the Rebbe explains shlichas. What shlichas is it, it was the sichah that the Rebbe said to Kinnas Shluchim, he said it to the shulchim, Tav don Beis. Um, but it defines shlichas, it defines the shlichas of the neshama in a goof, in Eil which is every single one of us. We're all in shlichas. I mean, there's some people who, so to speak, have a capital shin in their shlichas because it's official and they get to go to the banquet but, but the, 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 everybody's a shalich of a Kaddish Baruch in Elam Okay. so what does that mean absolutely amazing description of that and how what the shalich is and how you're successful it's incredible incredible sikh absolutely required reading for any soul clothed in a body in Elam which I think defines most of us So the melech is the lave shulkola Therefore, these kashrus to the king is an, in a, an expression of their essential existence. Elo, bat, what's the problem? Shem makim, nevertheless, kashera melech vam heim makim. When the melech and the am are distant from each other, the am is in the soda, or perhaps shalom, even in the desert, and the, and the melech is in the palace then what can happen? It shalem can be that their connection to the king, u'memey consequently gam also hadrotsen shalem as pun of, even their desire to, to, to connect to the king, to be with the king, to see the king, ye They can be far away from the king, and not only are they far away from the king, which causes them to focus on whatever it is that they're dealing with, that's obviously in close proximity to them. Whatever you know, whatever's happening in life, but they might even lose the desire to go see the king. I mean, there's one thing to be far away, but desire to go closer. There's another to have no desire whatsoever. And by virtue of the fact that the king is in the field, in that place where they are, the rutsin is revealed. That's, the, that's a fleshly king. The Yam wants to see the king. Why? Well, it's their king. They feel connected to the king. They relate to themselves as subjects of the king. That's how they see their own messiahs. Mitzi- uh, Again, something that, that, that um, your modern-day person finds very, very difficult to understand. But that's what a king is about. It's why there are kings. When you see a king, you make a bracha that the Eivishter gives of his malchus too, b'nai adam, the people. If you see a non-Jewish king, if you see a Jewish king, you say lereiv L- to his the ones who fear him. Okay, because the king is real. That whole reality is real. Val and in this way, huba nimshal. Also in the analog, the Abish nam She's the arousal to do chuva, That comes as a result of the revelation of the yudgem amidas harachmim Who? This is all explaining the question, right? we're, we're, we're now. This, is our, this means this is the answer. You might think that that paragraph that we just read is just strengthening the question. For sure, it's not a nesinus kerech. It's because the king is the the king is the leif No, but that's ultimately going to be part of the answer. There's an essential connection between the subject and the king. Oh, so there's obviously also, and I mean, we know we know this more more powerfully than we know the connection between a subject and a king. There's also, obviously, an essential connection between the Yid and the Kodesh Baruch That's the analog, that's the, the, the Nimshah. <coughs> She'Yisara is top line again, I'm sorry. The Yisara is the arouser, The arouser, the Bal Gilu That comes as a result of the revelation of the Yid Gam Shabelo, Who is Shal Yidei HaGilu Through the revelation of the Yid Gam It's revealed the true desire of the Jew. Meaning, Elul is a time... When as a result of the... Re- this sounds a lot like an arousal from above, right? I don't know how, why this is an answer to our question. It certainly seems to be strengthening the question that it's all an arousal from above, which was our question, right? Well, I don't understand. Doesn't this sound like an arousal from above? It doesn't sound like an arousal at all. Okay, well, we just keep emphasizing the fact that there seems to be this arousal from above. And what's that? That the, the revelation of the Yudgamum Yitzharachim in Elul helps bring about a revelation of who we really are our essential existence. It's revealed the true desire of the Jew, which is elokus. like the Rebbe said at the top of the page, we saw it yesterday. And this is also understood, from that which is explained, in the continuation of the Meimer, after the Moshe of Melech the Shem Kel. Now the Rebbe is going to explain a little bit about, that, very little, but something very important about the Yud Gimel page Shin Samach Vav. The Yud Gimel at the very bottom. The Yud Gimel Misarachim, thirteen attributes of mercy. Okay, Hashem Hashem Kel Rachum Vachanun Eretz Hapaim Rav Chesed Biemes. We say it every day in davening twice, unless there's some joyous event that prevents us from doing that which everybody gets very excited right? right, okay this year I must say I've been enjoying Tachnun, it's the only time I get to sit down for 30 seconds in the middle of the davening it's nice, it's a nice little rest, sit down say Tachnun with a lot of Kavanah. nice 25-30 minute Tachnun say Barichas and then I get up and uh, keep standing okay, right, so, so, so at the beginning of Tachnun, right of course you say the Yodgim Iserachim two weeks, we're going to start saying Slichas Very exciting. What's the focal point of slichas? Right. There's always that announcement before slichas on a fast day. If you haven't finished the paragraph when you hear the Chazin start, Kel Melech. Right. So then go to there because the most important part is to say Hashem Hashem Kel Racham That's that's what slichas is all about. Okay. So some we know there are thirteen. Now, if you read if you read the the that little section. I mean, it's psukhi right? It's a, from the Torah. If you read that little section, you'll notice there's more than 13 words. So which exactly are the 13 midas? What are they? So, al-pich Havaya, Havaya, are not part of the of the Gimamides. I mean, they're part of the Pasuk. Obviously, that's what the said, but they are a level beyond the Yod Momides. Right? The beginning of the Yod is the word kel. Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, V'chanun, those are the first three. Okay? So Kel is the first. So what's Kel? That's what the is going to explain. Because if it's the first, it means it's also the Rosh, the head, which contains within it all of the K'yach, of everything that comes out of it. The Shame Kel, the the name Kel, who Rosh is the beginning, Of the It's the beginning of the Yud and their source and their totality, meaning everything is incorporated in Kel and emanates from Kel. What's Sheim Kel? Binin Sheim Kel, who ord seif baruch umamish, is infinite godly light, meaning a level completely beyond the Shtaushlus. Because the godly light of Hishtaroshlis obviously is not infinite per se, because it must be clothed in a kli. It's the nature of Hishtaroshlis, that the light is clothed in a kli and expresses itself in a specific way. Hishtaroshlis starts in Elem where there are ten spheres, ten specific expressions of godly reality. Still a state of absolute oneness, Okay, that's not our topic right now, but you know, important to understand that that's still a state of uh, shem Echod. He's not ten; he's one. But there are ten different expressions of godly reality in that world called Elamatzinos, ten spheres. Okay, and what is that about? That's about light being clothed in vessels. That's Seder Yistalshlus beyond Seder Yistalshlus beyond that orderly downward emanation of light is a level of infinite light, light that's beyond being clothed in vessels, too powerful to be clothed in a particular vessel and express itself in a specific way. That's called Sevev. That's infinite light. Kel is that. I mean, even you know, high expression of that, but that. <speaking> in in Kel, who are <Hebrew> in Humamish, kel Kel Havaya V'ya'er Lanu. Kel havaya v'yair. What is lanu? He will shine. shine, illuminate. What's the root of the word? Or, or. Or. That's what you or. Want to say that kel is or? That's what the pasuk says. The or hu etsem. that now when we discuss or, there's two different like anything, everything's relative. When we discuss or, infinite or, so sometimes we discuss it in terms of it not being the essence of God, but simply being an infinite expression of that essence. So we, we emphasize the distinction between or and essence. The maor is not or, and the or is not the maor. Maor being the source of light. When we want to understand something about the etzim of God, then we emphasize its difference from or. Or is infinite. God's not infinite. God's beyond infinite. It's not limited by infinity. Infinity is limiting, in that it can't express itself in any way other than being infinite. That's what it is. God God isn't limited. That way he can express himself in infinite. He can also express himself in finite. It's not limited by being infinite. Infinite light is limited by being, it's, li- it's limited Why? it's infinite. That's its limitation. It can't be anything but limit I- infinite. Okay, so in that sense, we'll differentiate between unlimited and infinite. Okay, so it, it, sometimes we emphasize very powerfully the difference between etsim, the essence of God, the image to himself, mamish, and light godly light. Godly light is an infinite expression of God. But it's so to speak not in. It's not the essence. It. It's not the maor, the muscle used in gashmi. Is sunlight? Sunlight isn't the sun. It's sunlight. The sun is ninety-three million miles away. Sunlight is coming in that window. It's right here. But we're not. We're not next to the sun. We're next to sunlight. It's 90, the sunlight you and I experience is ninety-three million miles away from the sun. Is it powerful? Uwa. Go out in it too long, you'll get sunstroke. God forbid, you get burnt. You get, it's not—it's not, it's not something to just hang out in all day long, right? It's powerful stuff, right? Okay, but it's not the sun. Right? It's ninety-three million miles away from the sun. It's very, very much not the sun. Okay, so godly light is so to speak not the essence of God, not so to speak. It's not the essence of God. It's his—it's his revelation. It's not him himself. Him himself—that's called the essence. Etsim. Okay, so we, we differentiate between the two. But when we want to express the loftiness of light and how light is so far beyond vessels, we express how light is so powerfully connected to Edson. It's me'en ha'ma'or, it's like its source. Light is very much like its source. Light is indistinguishable from its source on a certain level, That's why you and I will say down here, boy, the sun's bright today. The sun is bright today. The sun's always bright. Or actually, the sun might never be bright. What's bright? bright? Sunlight is bright. But you and I don't distinguish between sunlight and sun. I mean, they're just one and the same thing. Well, on a certain level they are, there's no question. If you want to understand clearly what etsim is as opposed to light, you have to differentiate between the two. But if you want to understand the greatness of the light, so then you talk about how closely connected to its source it is. Depends what you're interested in understanding. Okay? So, sunlight, very powerfully connected to the sun to such an extent that you can't disconnect it from the sun. As soon as you disconnect it from the sun, what happens? Ceases to exist, The sunlight that's coming in that window that's reflecting off this book, gone, doesn't exist anymore. There's no sunlight in that book. Why? Disconnected from its source. That's pretty powerful about showing the connection between light and its source, right? It's so so powerfully connected to its source that if you disconnect it, it, ceases to be which is obviously important for us to understand in terms of our own existence. What are we really? Okay, so that's light. So that's what the Rebbe says here. It's like the etzim. It's very powerfully connected to its source. We say it's it's like the source of light. Light. Light is like its source. Uke as is explained, Rabbi just says parenthetically or in one line, hachi looked the difference between ur er and shefa. When we discussed the difference between ur, er, light, and shefa, which is bounty. What's shefa? Shefa is light. But shefa is a level of light that's all about being clothed in a particular vessel. Ur er is just infinite expression. Shefa is a level of light that's dis- that's destined to be expressed in a particular way. What's an example in intellect? There's two different types of teachers. There's me- me- meirim and mashpiyim. What's a meir? A meir sits up there and just says amazing ideas that have very little to do with the people sitting in the audience. Just is meir, incredible or. And people go, wow, that's what people pshh a lot in those classes. Pshh, wow! Pshh. Right. Now, you listened for an hour and a half. How much did you really understand? Maybe a few minutes. Those few minutes were very important. Not that it's not. This is not. Not that this is a, a completely improper way of teaching. There are people who do this. They like to like sort of blow people away. Okay. So it has a very thick Uh, effect on them but there is an effect and what's the effect wow those are amazing ideas I want to understand those And in every single Jew, right? Because we said the Yudgem Misr are revealed in every single Jew, right? No matter how far away they are. Echad Meir Gilu it's revealed, it illuminates this, this revelation. Via furthermore, not only is it illuminated there, but the Rebbe says more. Shagiluy the Sheim Kel, the revelation of this level of godly reality called Kel, this incredibly powerful level of infinite godly light, whatever that means, we have to, you know, conjure up some conceptual image for ourselves of infinite godly light. It's bigger than a bread box. Shagiluy the Sheim Kel, this revelation of Sheim Kel, she that's in every single Jew who hasar. What's a tsar? Hmm? Minister. Minist. V'a moshel. What's a moshel? Ruler. Also like a minister, but it's another word. Yeah. What? How would you translate moshel? No, that's a moshel. A ruler? A ruler or a governor. Right? It's interesting that the, the, in America they have this thing called the governor of a state, right? So he's actually, in Hebrew, he's called the moshel. Right, because Moshele is the guy, the, the the minister and the governor, hasar v'hamoshel, a mem shala is a government, right? Same root, obviously. SheM kel hu hasar v'hamoshel shebikirbay. Not only does is is there some essential connection, I'll take out the word connection. Is there some connection between this level of kel and the yid? Much more than that. Other there's a much deeper connection, such that this level of Kel, this level of infinite godly reality is actually a driving force in the Jew himself. And how do we see that? De Yisrael, the word Yisrael, what does it mean? Hu Isis Yud, which means constancy, something that happens constantly. We'll talk about that in a second, grammatically. Sar, kel. What's Yisrael? Yisrael is someone who's constantly ruled by this level of infinite godly light, meaning that's very much part of their essential reality. So the revelation of the Yisrael Achimim is very much a revelation of something that's intrinsically connected to us. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because what's the mushal for the revelation of the Yisrael Yisrachim? No, oh, come on. What's the mushal? No one was here during this mime? This is the first time anybody sat in this room during this Mimer in the last five days? The king in the field. King in the field. You're going to say, that's the mushal. Okay, so in the mushal, what did the Rabbi tell us about the king in the field relative to the subjects of the king? What, what's the relationship of the king to his subjects? He's closer, within reach. He's within reach, okay. But what's the relationship of, the, of the, the, when he's in the south, he's in reach. But what's their relationship? What's their intrinsic relationship? He's the Lev Shokolam. Okay, so what's Yudgim Misrachim? The Lev Shokolam. That's exactly the same thing. It's so to speak, your king. Yudgim Misrachim is Malchus, king. Right? King in the field. Yudgim Misrachim. Right? Oh, okay, so what does that mean? So just like the king, just like the subject has, the, the, the king is the Lev Kolam, So now the Rabbi is telling us that the Yudgim Misrachim have a very powerful connection to our inner being. Just like the king has a very powerful connection to the inner being of his subject and vice versa. Oh, okay. Vezel, and this is Shabitul very hard word to translate, bittle, right? Because most people, you know, turn it into some emotional state of nothingness and then think that they're worthless and, and curl up into a little ball and drool. Bittle. I mean, it means nullification, self-nullification, but I mean, it, 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 self-nullification also has this, this the, the, you know, you, you get this feeling of nothingness. A person who's bottled, is a person who's actually able to express themselves in the most powerful ways. Because a person who's a yesh, a person who's very, very into their own being, what what, what is it that usually uh, guides their behavior? What other people will think of them. Because they're very into themselves, and they want other people to think highly of them. So they will be completely subservient to the prevailing winds because they're a big yeesh. And they're, uh, so what does that mean? I, mean? I have to be important. Well, uh, in whose eyes will I be important? The, the, the people that I can see, the people that are around. So I'll have to dress the way people want me to dress and I'll have to talk the way people want me to talk and i have to think the way people want me to think and i you know, I, I can't possibly go against the current. Okay. And I'll be very, very self-conscious. Right. That means I'm, 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 I might be embarrassed in certain situations. That means I might put my, i will won't—I won't put myself out, to, you know, in the forefront of certain situations because I'm self-conscious. Okay. That's yesh. Someone who's bottle, someone who's completely bottle, whatever that means, right? Okay. Someone completely bottled. They have no. Their, their focus isn't on self at all. Their focus on something much more grand than self. Elokuus. Okay. So what are they able to do? They're able to move into a town at the age of 23, right? With a a young husband or young wife in tow and maybe a little kid. And they look completely different than everybody else in town and their understanding of reality is completely different than everybody else in town. They're not embarrassed by that in the least, they're not self-conscious of that in the least, and they spend their time trying to illuminate and elevate everybody they meet with the beauty of this idea that they've come to town with. Why? Because they're butler, it's not about them. They're just not worried about what people are going to think about them. They're worried about what's real, what's true, what has to happen. Now, obviously, people have to have a positive connection to them, so they can't, you know, they have to act in such a way that people will like them, etc., etc. I mean, they, they can't, hi, you, you know that you're living in the dark and I have the light? Boom, okay, right, go away, you're an idiot, <laughs> leave me alone. Right, so obviously, you have to, have, to you know, have a relationship with people and be a nice person, et cetera, of course, right? But not within the context of I hope they'll like me, but within the context of hopefully that will, that will help me help them because that's why he's there he's there to make those people's lives better that's what shlichus is that's what a is look up that tzicha that we talked about earlier okay so th- that's an expression of bittel. so bittel isn't that I'm curled up in a ball bittel is actually what allows me to express myself more powerfully than anything else because the, the, we all know because we've all experienced this because we all experience self-consciousness that's when I'm not allowed to experience, express myself because I feel self-conscious so I won't I'll sit there quietly. I won't say what might be useful to say or I won't do what might be useful to do. Why? I'm feeling self-conscious. So, bitle elokus means that a person is connected to what life is really all about as opposed to being connected to self. Now, obviously, it's going to come through self, but self doesn't have to get in the way. It can just be a conduit for the revelation of all this good stuff. Okay? So that's called bitl. It doesn't mean a person has no personality. If anybody's ever uh, seen any videos of uh, that gentleman called the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who is an expression of bitl el beyond anything we can imagine, he certainly has a personality. Very distinct personality, right? Full of life and full of simcha and full of energy and just going and doing and giving. and unbelievable. Uh, A wallflower? Sort of the opposite thereof. (laughs) Completely the opposite. But completely bottled. What's his life about? Not himself. It has nothing to do with himself. Something much bigger. It's called bitter. So every single one of us has is essentially that. The question is, how much does that express itself in my conscious reality? Meaning, how much does my Nefeshah Bahamis allow the essential bittle of the Nefeshah to express itself? It's about my Nefeshah Bahamis. My is all about the Nefeshah Bahamis. The nefesh is from. This is this one also. It's <sighs> very annoying, is Okay. Bittle oh, so what? The Zewa Bittle Lelokus should be called Echad Misra. And that is why our connection to a Qadish Bor, who will call it that at this point is something that's beyond rationale. I mean, it's not something that by virtue of thinking about, I'll bring into existence. It's just there. It's who we are. I, it's a super-conscious level of me. It's not necessarily conscious me. Right? It's coming from my Nefesh Israel y- Yisrael, Yud, Sar, Kel, the fact that Kel is my Sar, that's a... That's a, a a function of a very deep place in each and every one of us, a place that I might not be conscious of and and, and experience and feel, so to speak. Okay, but it's there. It's who I really am. We'll call it, I mean, it's called superconscious, beyond conscious me. Okay, the Aveda, of course, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to bring that into conscious me so that my conscious behavior will be in line with who I really am as opposed to, you know, I can be like a a, a a dog who licks his paw and cleans his face all day, like a cat, and meows, right? Which means I'm acting in a way that's completely inconsistent with who I am. That's when Jews don't connect to God in Elamazik. That's why they're very, very confused when they live that way. We, we become extremely confused, right? More confused than anybody else. Right. Rabbi Steinzoltz was once asked, we've mentioned this a number of times here because it's such an amazing line. He was once on Ted Koppel Nightline, right? Famous American television show. So uh, he was asked, Are Jews better than non Jews? So he said, Yes. We're better at being good and we're better at being bad. When we're good, we're amazing. When we're bad, we're the worst. The vanguard of the left in America, who is it? First Jews. All Jews. Vanguard of the socialist movement a hundred years ago. Who was it? Jews, all Jews. What are we doing there? There's twenty of us. Right? And there's nineteen in positions of leadership. There's like you know, one non-Jewish guy, you know. <laughs> He runs the show, and then he starts killing all the Jews. You know Trotsky's right there, right? Label. Label Trotsky. Right there. Then what? <laughs> he has to run away because they want to kill him. As soon as they get power, the guy disappears and dies, you know ignominiously in Mexico or something. I don't know. Poor Jew. But he's at the forefront, right? He's like right-hand man of everybody—Rosa Luxemburg and all these names of the people at the forefront of the socialist movement in the, in the in the beginning of the 20th century, who brought about this incredible change, which you know might have been a, theoretically a, a reasonable idea, but certainly failed in action pretty miserably. My wife just showed me something that uh, you know, since socialism is making its comeback in America all these people too young to know that it destroyed half of Europe so uh, so they're busy into it oh yeah they're all socialists so 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 someone the the, someone wrote a thing said why do you want to teach your kid what socialism is about so maybe they won't be into it so give your kid a job pay him ten dollars then take seven away and give it to the brother that didn't work (laughs) okay there you go now you know you into that (laughs) because <laughs> that's what it is, right? I mean, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. It just it ends up being that, right? <laughs> okay. Jews, forefront of it all, right? Bernie Sanders, uh, just a lost soul. That it a lost soul. No, see, Mama's a lost soul. And, and when you lose connection to that, you, 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 there, there's, no, there's, there's no end to where you might end up. That doesn't mean everybody's cracked. There's all sorts of wonderful, incredibly terrific, caring, warm, kind people out there who don't keep Torah and But it confuses the Jew completely if they act in a way inconsistent with who they really are. And they end up not being particularly joyous, because they're disconnected. What's the connection? The connection is Yisrael, Kel. Yud Gimom That's why Elul is such an incredibly joyous time. Why? Because there's this energy that connects us to who we are, and we feel connected to who we are in a much more powerful way, and feel more Simcha. Not fear, Simcha the shell is is mamish a time of incredible simcha. What's the question in the Alter Rebbe's Mimer in, in in What's the the, 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 the our Rebbe doesn't ask the question here in this maimor or most maimor, but the Alter brings it up because it's the Alter Rebbe's question. The Alter Rebbe's question in the Mimer is why isn't Elul all a yomtov? Why isn't it one month of yomtov? Oh. He's like the king in the field; he's not exactly in the palace. I mean, that it's all to explain why Elul isn't a Yom Tif. it Should really be a, 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 a only Yumtif and and a time when we don't say Tachnun, It's just a time of tremendous joy. That's the real question. Black September. Let's finish the paragraph. It's beyond intellect, meaning it's coming from a much deeper place in us than intellect. Intellect is very much, is very powerful, but it's conscious me. It's coming from super conscious me. Much more real me. Kibi <speaking in Hebrew> Yisrael, in a Yid, who Gilu Yaren Seif Atzmai Mamish. It is the revelation of the infinite light of God. Mamish Shalom the is beyond Ishtaushalas, beyond any level of light that can be clothed in kelim. That's what a Yid is. A yid is incredibly powerfully connected, Delokos. And therefore Yid is essentially connected to and intrinsically connected to this level of infinite godly light. There's going to be much more. Don't worry. But this is nothing compared to what's going to happen in Zion. And through the revelation of the Yid Gam and that their beginning and their source and their general reality, who kel, that revelation what does that do mis Ether it's aroused a and revealed begins kel this level shebekol acadmisel in every jew vezeu aved and this is the aveder de elol who he anila deidi oh i understand anila deidi says it's all coming from me here it's saying it's all coming from above why is this an But look, what's the emphasis on? Ani. sheis even though the al even though this arousal comes as a result of this revelation from above. So it's no longer an Asinus k'yach, it's maimashis erus. So why is it an That was our question. Oh. Ki because the revelation from above, hu rak is only a reason She'al yodeh, that as a result of it, misgaleh, it's revealed, apnimi adam, the inner desire of the person. How's that the answer? Wait a minute, so it's all these arrows. So there's not no anila aderidi. No. Maybe saying something completely different. What's revealed in Elo? Ani. Who Ani really is. That's what Elo is all about. And what is a knee all about? What does a knee want? Connect with Okay, put that in the Pasuk. What does a knee want? It's all a knee wants. What's elo? El is a revelation of who a knee really is. And then what happens? I want deity. Oh. I get it. But I still don't get it. Because how come Anila Doidi's first? <laughs> it should be Doidi Li, this incredible revelation of Yudgim Misrachmi, which arouses in us a connection to our essential being, which is that part of us that wants Eloquus. And then Anila'i. Then there's a revelation of Ani. And what does Ani want? Lai. So we still haven't figured out why Anila Doidi's first. That's what the rest of the mime is going to teach us. But now the Rebbe taught us what Anila Doidi means. <coughs> Anila Doidi is not that me. Schlepper me down here stuck in all of my, you know, the, the, the three feet of mud trying to get it together to get close to a Kaddish Baruch, and I just feel like I'm stuck. And and somehow I pull myself out and I go to the aggression. But it's all me. It's not Anila Didi at all. Anila Didi is that Elul is this incredible revelation from above that helps me get in contact with and become sensitive to who Ani really is, who I really am, and then Mamela, what do I want? Consequently, well, I want Doidi, because that's, that's who I really am. That's Ani doidi. There's a revelation of Ani Miti, who Ani really is, and then Mamela I want doidi. Okay, that's where we got to so far, but I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought I, the whole thing was that it's 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 Ayurveda in Elul is that which brings us to Tishrei. You know, I mean, the, the, the Rebbe just turned it upside down on its head. So far, well, now it's only half turned. It'll be completely turned on its head once we learn the rest of the matter But now it's only half turned on its head. Okay, that's where we are now. We still so so we understand. Okay, we understand hopefully we also experience that. would be really cool. We understand what Ani L'daydi is. Ani is the revelation of who I am. And that's why the, the, the font and the word Ani is a little different. There's a revelation of who Ani really is by virtue of the revelation of the Yodim Yisraq Elul. And that Ani wants D'aydi. That's Pshat Ani L'daydi. Now, why is that first? I don't get it. I don't get it. tell you a quick story. I just can't remember, I'm I I, I blanking out on the name. A, there was a, one of the muskittim of the Rebbe. He used to, I, I told you guys stories about him all the time. He used to be when the Rebbe came back from area, he was the one that used to go to the Rebbe's office and write down write down the, the answers for people. The, 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 the Rebbe would talk to the Friedrich Rebbe and get answers for letters that were sent. And the Rebbe just lost the way. No, 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 it wasn't Rav Simpson. No, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't one of the masquerian that people... Uh, he, he passed away a long time ago. So, I, I just can't remember his name, it's, it's very frustrating. Um, but um, he was, he was a, a very interesting gentleman. He had no children, so he's very, very close to the Bochern, who you were know, hanging around some and in the early years. Um, so, so uh, Gershom Mendel Garellek, who's the Shalir in Milan, So Gershom Mendel told me this story once, that when he, when he, he was newly married, he had been married for three years. It was Tafshin, I think, Hav Beis, Hav Gimel. And uh, so what, 1962, 63, he was by the Rebbe in Elul, but he had to go back to Milan for Rosh Hashanah. And this was bothering him. He was feeling very sorry for himself that he couldn't be by the Rebbe for Rosh Hashanah. He had to be back in Milan, which is where he was in And He was feeling sorry for himself, and he was Russian, so he was really you know, getting into it, like you know, a lot of redemptive suffering, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he's beating himself up, and he's you know not connected, and blah 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 blah. So he's standing outside of 770, and, and that was also <coughs> I think it was Base, because that was a year there was a charter from Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> the Chasidim here in Eretz Israel chartered a whole plane, made it a little cheaper to get to the Rebbe for for uh, Tishrei, so that they were arriving, and he was leaving. He was leaving that night, and they were arriving, and he was feeling so disconnected and so far away. So. Um, so he's standing out on the sidewalk, feeling sorry for himself. And this maskier came up to him and asked him, "Why? what's up? You look horrible. He said, oh, didn't say. So he said, so what, you're upset that you're going away and everybody else is coming? He was young. I mean, not so young, but he was newly married. So uh, he said, no, it's OK. So then he, the, the muskir went into 770. And he came out a few minutes later, and he says, the Rebbe wants to see you. He says, what? He says, the Rebbe wants to see you. So he puts on his gutful and he walks up the steps, and he, he stands at the doorway, and he realizes that he probably shouldn't go all the way in. The door is open, but he doesn't go all the way, and he just stands in the doorway, and he looks at the Rebbe. And, uh, and the Rebbe said to him, you know, in Elul, the king is in the field. And he's mekabel as kulam b'saver ponim umarim Panim, panim sheicher case Says the mushroom. And then the rabbi spread out his arms and burst into a big smile. Ferguson, the head, going out. So I remember he. I remember sitting next to him at a forebryn and he told the story. He was talking to bacherim, and he said in these words, he said. You guys all learn about Melech Basada. I saw Melech Basada. He said, I saw it. (laughs) He said that experience for him was a revelation of Melech Basada. He spread out his arm, big smile, said, go. El, that's what El is about. El is about connecting to who we really are. Who are we? Somebody wants to